Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. So why in the world do Baptists baptize anyway? What's the big deal about putting someone underwater and uh, bringing them out of the water in a public setting? Uh, today on The Scent Life, you'll find out all about that as we welcome into our Scent Life studios uh, Todd Unziker, the Executive Director and Treasurer of the North Carolina Baptist Convention as we talk about Fill the Tank Sunday. Thanks for joining us. Well, now we're back to our segment this week, Stories of the Scent Ones. Anna, welcome back to our studio. Thank you. Glad to be back. How's life in GTI? It is blowing and going. I bet it is. The Mission <laughs> Center on campus is doing well, too. We are uh, still trying to adjust to sending missionary teams around the world and uh, see things that can happen uh, as we adjust to whatever this new world is going to be like. Yeah, the post-COVID world, man. That's right. It's, it's always unpredictable. Sure. So, so thanks a ton for being here today. Thank you, Scott. Today we're going to talk about a missionary in our Stories of the Sent One who has some uh, importance to your particular title here at Southeastern Seminary. That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, several years ago, uh, through some generous donors, uh, my title was changed to the George Lyle Director uh, for the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Seminary. So George Lyle. That's right. That's a name that I don't think most people know. That's right. He's not, he's not a common name. You know, uh, until probably uh, the better the last decade or so, he was a name that was really forgotten among, among Baptists especially. And then some folks started uh, doing some research and got his attention. Dr. Aiken, our president, preached a sermon on George Lyle. And really, I think from that, uh, kind of set a trajectory about this man who, after research, we've all discovered was probably the first Baptist missionary wow. uh, sent from America. You know, often Adoniram Judson is is given this title of the father of Baptist missions. And I think that's a rightful title that we give to Judson because of his the way that his sending and his conversion to becoming a Baptist uh, really led to the foundation of the Triennial Convention, which, which became uh, the Southern Baptist Convention. But George Lyle holds a unique position in this because from the best we can discern, and the stories about him are a little bit uh, hard to nail down because the thing about George Lyle is that George Lyle was a slave in Georgia. Mm. He's an African-American. Wow. He was a slave in Georgia uh, and then eventually was a missionary. So a lot of the, 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 the stories we have were just piecing together from letters and other types of biography about this great man. Wow. So he was a, he was a slave. That's right. He was a slave. He was a slave in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And um, was uh, actually an ordained Baptist minister. Mm -hmm. uh, some uh, say he was probably the first African-American ordained uh, Baptist minister in the United States. Wow. So how did, a, how did a slave go from slave to ordained Baptist minister to international missionary? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's actually a fantastic story. So he became a Christian under the ministry of a man named Matthew Moore, uh, who was a pastor in the area. And um, so he then was baptized and really felt a sense of an obligation or opportunity to pastor and to minister uh, to those uh, who were around him. And, and from that, uh, he went through a season where he was, he was liberated uh, from slavery and then was taken back captive uh, as a slave. So there's a whole journey of his life uh, that we find there. Eventually, uh, George Lyle ended up uh, going to Jamaica 
as a, uh, really as an indentured servant, as a way of, of, of getting out of the United States because of some legal issues that had come with his emancipation. So he ends up in Jamaica, really uh, in going there, taking an opportunity to serve and to, uh, to be on mission in a foreign land uh, for the sake of the gospel. And this is why we say that George Lyle is the first uh, Baptist missionary. He gets over there, he sees people come to faith in Christ, uh, he, he plants some churches, and we really see a community of faith started. My wife wrote her uh, master's uh, thesis on George Lyle, and part of her story, she says that not only did Lyle's ministry uh, lead to the spiritual impact on the island, but the fascinating thing is that through Lyle's ministry, he also made a, a social difference. His ministry led to a movement that into the eradication of slavery, uh, legalized, legalized slavery on the island of Jamaica. Wow. So as we think about Lyle, uh, the other fascinating thing about him is that apparently uh, he, he died uh, suddenly and uh, didn't really see the extent of his ministry. And so later, as we go back and look, we're able to see some of the things that were the result of George Lyle's ministry. Like I said before, Adonai Judson is often given the title the father of Baptist missions, which is probably a rightful title. But I think it's important that we remember that our heritage as Baptists, the missionary heritage as Baptists, also runs through and probably is, is initiated out through this African-American slave uh, who was freed, getting placed back in indentured servanthood, and then takes the gospel uh, to Jamaica to represent Christ on the island. What an incredible story of a man faithful, even in the midst of awful life circumstances. That's exactly right. You know, from George Lyle, uh, we can learn that we can persevere through life's trials, physical persecution, spiritual persecution. Also, there's a, a degree of character that comes with serving the Lord and being part of his mission. And really, on our campus at Southeastern, George Lyle's name has become synonymous. It's really kind of taken on a life of its own. We have one of our college houses named after George Lyle. My uh, my position in our mission center uh, bears the name for George Lyle. And so we just want to make sure that people can remember this guy, really for whom that there's not a whole lot written, and so we want to do what we can to kind of hold the banner high, so let's not forget this brother. Agreed. He's got a great life story. Thanks for bringing it to us today. Thanks. And thanks for being in the Scent Life and telling our stories of the Scent Ones. Thank you. See you next week. So we're happy to be here with my good friend, Todd Unzicker, who's the executive director and treasurer for the North Carolina Baptist Convention. Uh, but this time of year, it, as we approach the second weekend of October in my world, Todd's just a Georgia fan. But I'm glad you're here with us, Todd. Doesn't that feel weird that we're, you know, Scott, you're an Auburn fan, as your as your viewers know. I'm a Bulldog fan. I'm still not used to this second week in October. I, I mean, I miss November, Georgia, Auburn in November. I miss it already. Oldest rivalry in the country, and they shifted it up a month, and I can never remember that we play you guys this early. It's just crazy. I know. I know. It's uh, nuts. Well, we both have big games this weekend, but uh, or we, no, it's uh, we both have games. We just had big games and we have big game this weekend against each other. That's yeah, that's right. So, hey, man, we're glad to be here. So, Todd, uh, the unfortunate thing is um, Auburn, Georgia. Unfortunately, even as an Auburn fan, I'm afraid that uh, the game is not going to go my way. But I'm going to make a prediction that uh, we clip you guys in a last second field goal at uh like 31 to 28 so what do you think auburn georgia what's your prediction this year 
Um, I think Georgia will win a close one. Uh, I say that because I just look at the record, Scott, in the last 20 years, man. Um, we have certainly turned the tide. I think the entire series, the 112-year rivalry or whatever it is, I think is separated by two games and something like eight points cumulatively. Um, I've seen some awful games on the Plains that were just, you know, unheard of. Uh, but I think uh, I think that uh, I know I sound like the quintessential Georgia fan, but this is our year, Scott. This is our year. <laughs> well, more importantly, Todd, you are coming off a really big event in the state of North Carolina. I thought we'd just take a few minutes and celebrate together. Fill the tank, man. Talk to us a minute. But you had your you're just kind of coming into us today from your your board meeting. And so talk to us about fill the tank in the state of North Carolina. You had some great numbers, but even, I mean, kind of a record-breaking year. So talk to us just a minute about fill the tank and, and what you guys learned and did. Yeah, so I, I got a, had a chance to share with our board. We just had our board meeting and shared with them that we set a historic uh, mark here in the state of North Carolina. And let me just paint a little context. September the 12th is Baptism Sunday in churches all around the world. And uh, certainly baptism as a Baptist, we should celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I tell people, baptism is the original walking of the aisle. It is the New Testament profession of faith. And every time in scripture, uh, we see someone baptized, they're baptized post-conversion and by immersion. Um, yeah. they, it also seems to be the signal. And in most uh, of the world today, you as a missiologist know this, that um, you know, baptism is the mark that somebody is identifying with following Jesus. And for a lot of people, that's a death mark um, is to do that. Um, Scott, you and I know workers in countries uh, right now that um, I, I had a, literally a text this week from a man with, with stripes across his back. And mm. uh, that was because he had been baptized and uh, he had been beaten. Um, and so baptism Sunday, September the 12th. So as a, as a new executive director in North Carolina, I said, man, you know, um, let's make Baptist great again. Let's make Baptist great again. We're going to be about local church autonomy and believers baptism. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do what we call fill the tank. And we just challenged every single church. Doesn't matter your size, fill your tank, believing in faith that God is going to save people and stir the waters of baptism. And so, um, we had so far, uh, there were over 700 churches reported uh, that they filled their tank, and we've only gotten word back from right at 300 churches, but we've already seen that 1,763 people profess new faith in Christ that day. 1,763, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, just in North Carolina, just in Baptist churches that day, um, and so we are uh, just thrilled. Well, uh, Nathan Finn, uh, one of your former colleagues, he and I got to talking and he said, Todd, I don't know that I've ever heard of that. And so we actually uh, did some independent research here out of our office uh, in, the, in the North Carolina Baptist History Annuals. And also the history professors at Southeastern uh, Seminary said that the highest they could find was 600 in one day during the Sandy Creek revivals of the Great Awakening. And wow. so, um, you know, I, I'm just thrilled and say, you know what, like, let's not, you know, Ecclesiastes 710 says, um, you know, don't ask, are those the good old days? That, mm. That's what a fool does. The best days are to come. And I think we're seeing that now. And so um, I don't want us to look back on the past and say that was the good days, because I really believe our best days are ahead. That's amazing. So, so we basically, from the best statistics we've got, we doubled the highest number of baptisms in the state, and you only have half the churches reporting so far. Well, it's unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's incredible. We really, we're hearing about Scott, 
um, churches that, um, you know, for most people, I've never met a church, Scott, and I don't care if it's, you know, Beulah Anna number nine up on the uh, dirt road. Um, I've never met a church that didn't want to see and pray that the waters would, uh, baptism would stir. Right. But in traveling around the state for the past 100 days and meet North Carolina Baptist, I'd always like look to see their, um, uh, look to see their, um, their baptismal tank. And most of them, almost all are full of Christmas decorations and Easter decorations and boxes. Um, you know, I found, I found hymnals that were not the hymnals they use, but the ones they used to have that they had wow. switched out in one church and they had been there for 20 years. Um, I'm asking churches, hey, you know, you pray that God will move this. Are you are you even ready? So let's in faith move that out. Let's fill yeah. up our tank um, and let's spur our people on. And that's what we got. We, we the number of churches I had pastors, they said, hey, thanks for challenging on this. We couldn't find our stopper and we had to go out and buy a new stopper. <laughs> oh, that's um, great. And so uh, we're really excited about it. And uh, we praise God for, for, for every new life that has professed faith in Jesus. Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary exists to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. Located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, we offer over 40 degrees, ranging from a Bachelor of Arts to a Doctor of Philosophy. The Master of Divinity is Southeastern's flagship degree for anyone seeking to be thoroughly equipped to serve their local church through a variety of ways. Since 1950, Southeastern has grown its student body to more than 5,000 students who seek to minister in the U.S. and around the world. We believe that theological education is more than just building knowledge. It's about becoming who God has called you to be. No matter how God is calling you to serve, Southeastern will come alongside you and help you to grow in your faith and go to reach the lost. If you're interested in learning more, check out sebts.edu to find out how God might be calling you to go next. Use the code THESENTLIFE, all caps, no spaces, and Southeastern will waive your application fee. Man, that is that is awesome. So unfill the tank from your Christmas ornaments and your old hymnals and fill it with water. So Todd, yes. you're, you mentioned that you've been in your role for about a hundred days. Um, what was it that drove you? I mean, this was an early initiative. You kind of came out of the gate, fill the tank, September twelfth. Let's make make this thing happen. What was it about baptism, filling the tank, that just gripped you and said, "We're going to make this my priority for the first." you know, hundred plus days or hundred so days of my, my time in this, uh, in this executive director role. Well, Scott, I didn't grow up in this world. Um, I'm a Baptist by conviction. I came to faith at 28 because people took the time to intentionally tell me about Jesus. And I will, I'm eternally grateful for that. Um, and as I stepped in this role, I've just believed that um, North Carolina Baptists are a movement of churches on mission together. And uh, in order to have a, have that movement, you got to go do something. And so I just looked at it as, you know, with all the division and strife and mm. factions, uh, all the things that Jesus in the Bible warns us not to do, um, I thought, man, if we can't come together around baptism, then we might as well all just pack it in on our cooperative effort. And so I thought, you know what, let's come together, rural churches, um, city churches, big, small, new church plants, 200-year-old churches, we can all do this. It doesn't cost us any money. Let's come together. 
Um, and you know, before any theological watchdogs want to come at me, um, no, this is not a gimmick. This, mm-hmm. uh, I believe the Lord saves. Um, he is the Alpha and the Omega, and unless the Father draws someone to the to the Son, then they're not going to come. Um, I get that. We didn't set a baptism goal. Uh, right. We never we never did that. Uh, we just said, hey, let's fill the tank of believing faith. And so, man, North, I, I, North Carolina Baptist are a movement of churches on mission together. They are excited to work together. Uh, I think we just told you we had board meetings, and for for your viewers on this, um, they're ready for the Great Commission. We just had a board meeting where we had almost unanimous votes. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, and so that's what North Carolina Baptists are, are going to be about. We're really excited about that. That's awesome. You know, it, it does, it's, it, it's something about participating in baptism and watching baptism that just, every time I see it, it just stirs me. I'll never forget, the, you know, when we were overseas and we were working in the Muslim world or we were working in other uh, world religion context, just the emotion that goes into baptism, the celebration, and I've never gotten over it. I know some people just get over it, but even at our church, I watch people baptized. I hear the pastor ask them, are you willing to go wherever Jesus asked you to go, do what he asked you to do? And that person says, yes, we put them under the water. They come up, the place explodes. So to think that across the state, man, we had that level of joy and enthusiasm. I saw a picture, tell me if this, I saw a picture of a man whose wife was in a wheelchair and he carried her into the Baptist pool and kind of helped the pastor baptize his wife. Was that, that, that was, I'm, I'm right there, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Her name was Ellie. And she heard the pastor say, some of you, you know, um, are wondering, can you trust Jesus? Some of you are wondering about this baptism, but God always makes a way. And she thought to herself, I could never do this. And, um, but she heard her pastor say, that God always makes a way. And that way was found in her help in her helper. And uh, he came and picked her up and what a great picture. Scott, we had stories of, here's how God works things. You know, COVID has forced so many people who are still watching online. It also forced churches to go online with their services. Right. So uh, in a couple, in two separate cases, I heard about on uh, Monday, uh, some reports coming in, people were watching online and they were watching about this baptism, got in their car and drove down to the church. One of them, they did the baptisms early in the service. The preacher said that someone busted in and said, I want to get baptized and interrupt the sermon. Uh, <laughs> and the pastor said, pastor said it was a great distraction and they did it. Another one, they were leaving saying to the people you were dismissed and someone showed up and said, wait, I want to get baptized. Wow. Um, we also found out that, um, People use the fill the tank hashtag uh, in all 50 states uh, in the U.S. So others caught on to this and uh, reports in sub-Saharan Africa, South Africa, Pakistan, and in Southeast Asia, there were um, people getting baptized um, with with the hashtag fill the tank. And that is just North Carolina Baptist leading out. So I'm so proud of our churches. That is amazing, man. I'm so proud of that. I'm proud, not just for you, your first hundred days. I mean, you and I have prayed about this. You're coming into this role. And so I'm just thrilled but I'm thrilled for what it says about our state and what it says about our churches. You and I are going to talk later. This I appreciate you just kind of stepping away from your hectic, hectic schedule. We're going to do a later podcast. We talk about cooperation and that type of thing where you can really talk to us about your vision uh, as an executive director and treasurer for the state. But what do you think that uh, this moment can signal for North Carolina Baptists? And what are your, as you think about fill the tank Sunday. What kind of, what are your dreams and aspirations uh, that, that go from that point? 
Yeah, um, I think what this shows is that North Carolina Baptist um, can work together. That we, but what we say around here uh, with our staff and our convention is that the church is God's plan A, right? I mean, I love seminaries and Bible colleges. I have a degree yep. from both, including Southeastern. Um, I love those <laughs> schools. I love associations. I was a, an AMS. I love mission agencies and the national convention and church planning network. It's been a part of all those. I obviously love state conventions or I wouldn't be sitting in this chair, but it's the church that's God's plan A. And so what we're excited about is seeing um, the primacy of the local church is, is, is first and foremost. And we just believe the church is the answer. Um, we, we've seen the success with Fill the Tank already. Um, I think the Lord honors it when his people come together um, for his namesake. Um, we're going to be talking about, and hopefully we'll talk about this next time we're together, but yep. uh, the Every Church Initiative. The church is the answer. We can eradicate the 16,000 children who are waiting today in the foster care system. Uh, everyone mm -hmm. wants to reach the, the next generation. And usually when they say that, they mean people in their 20s and 30s. And I'm like, that's the now generation. You've already yeah. missed that. Um, which, what we need to think about is those children um, who are craving a loving home. And um, that's what God's called us to do, is to care for widows and children and, and the orphan and the fatherless. And so um, we're excited about that. We're excited about seeing 500 new missionaries sent uh, from our churches here in our state, 100 new churches planted, uh, working with Southeastern and Fruitland um, Baptist Bible College to see that every bivocational pastor gets a basic theological education. Um, and so really a coming together, what we've been saying is we're just going to be on mission together. And so um, we think our best days are ahead and we're already seeing the, the, the fruit of that. Amen. We're praying for spiritual awakening in the state of North Carolina, but really in our denomination. And our real hope is that what we see in the state of North Carolina trickles out through the whole, through the whole of the SBC. Todd, thanks so much for, for taking time out of your super busy schedule. Like I said, I know you just stepped out of your board meeting to do this and I appreciate, uh, you doing this for us. Appreciate you jumping on just to help us kind of celebrate in public what God did through uh, through the churches in the state of North Carolina. Uh, it was my pleasure, Scott. Love Southeastern. Love you guys at the Great Commission Center. And so um, thanks for having me. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it.